Welcome to the One Eye Podcast, where we focus on purpose. Today, Patrick Monahan, a minister in the Church of Jesus Christ, helps us to discover how music plays a role in our spirituality. I think I can safely claim that throughout time, every single person has made a connection through music, especially in times of great hardship. In our country's history, people have clung to music to find hope, and it's no different with the Lord. Music can ease our suffering, inspire our lives, and intensify our relationship with the Lord and each other as followers of Christ. Welcome back to the One Eye Podcast. I'm Dave Lavalvo, and I'm here with Cameron Staley. How are you doing, Cameron? Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here, and it's really exciting to be here with Patrick today. We're really excited today because we have a special guest on. This is uh, Patrick Monahan. He is a good friend of ours and uh, is going to be helping us out to discover and analyze how music can play an integral role in our spiritual lives. Pat, you know, I've known you for a long time. Growing up, what impressed me about you most was your humility and your spiritual focus as a young man. When we were kids, I was usually goofing around, causing problems, and you always seemed to be someone who I admired because you could have fun, but you were still very spiritually focused. Knowing the scriptures was important to you. Like I said, you had this presence about you that when it was time to be serious spiritually, you were able to do that. So did this come naturally to you or did, or did you learn all of that? Well, first, um, thank you for having me on the program. Excited to be here with you both. And, you know, that's an interesting question and one that I don't know that I've ever been asked. But in short, you know, I think we all go through life kind of learning who we are and, and what we want to be and goals that we want to achieve in our lives. And, you know, I think as a young man and even as a young boy, growing up with good, strong spiritual influences, I had a lot of great role models that I looked up to and I admired. And so I think that kind of um, really impacted me and put a desire in my heart, even as a boy, to want to be like some of these great examples, uh, whether it was family members or uh, spiritual giants that I grew up watching. And that just put a fire in my heart at a young age to desire those things. Cameron, you knew Patrick as a kid too. Patrick has a brother named Jason. We just, as kids, just loved hanging out together. So you, you knew the Monaghan boys. I did. I was very fortunate when I would visit my grandparents, often in the summertime uh, in Western Pennsylvania, Patrick and Jason would be there or stop by. Both Patrick and Jason always took an interest in me, which being a few years younger than the cool guys, that was really, really uh, (laughs) exciting for me as a young guy to have two guys that I looked up to care about me, take an interest in me, spend time with me, joke with me. Uh, But also, as you've pointed out, both of them took an interest in me spiritually, which I learned to really appreciate as I got a little bit older. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but you grew up in Pennsylvania, right? Yes. And now you're you're in Columbus, Ohio, or around that area? Yep. Gahanna, Ohio, just in the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio. Your roots, though, are in Pennsylvania. And let me just explain why um, we asked Patrick on the show, or I did earlier, even as a young man, you were this very gifted person spiritually, 
but yet you had from a young age this uh, musical side to you. And I'm wondering, how young were you when you started to cultivate that? I guess I want to go back to when you were a kid. When did you start noticing this was going to be a part of who you were? I think I always loved music. And even before maybe taking on more of a role with you know music in church or spiritual music, music in general, I just loved. I remember as a young man being influenced by my mother in a lot of ways because she sang at church. Uh, she was a part of the quintet that would practice weekly and, and sing at church every Sunday. And so I was really impacted by that. And, you know, obviously hearing my mom sing at home and, you know, those things, um, they rub off on you. You know, I guess some of that rubbed off on me as well. And as a young boy, just starting to learn who I was and my gifts, and we all pray, Lord, you know, what is it that you've given me to share with others? You know, and it took some time and prayer and and learning about who I was and um, seeing things that actually others would share they saw in me before I saw it first that helped me realize what maybe gifts or talents that the Lord had given me. And then it was a journey of just put myself out there to learn and, and uh, sing my first song at church or. Um, well, how old were you? How old were you when you sang your first song at church? I want to say it was during a Christmas program. I did one of my first solos uh, way in the manger, I think was one of my debuts. And uh, I remember that uh, it may have been with my brother, uh, me and my brother, but I do remember. Can you, uh, you think you could sing that for us right now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spare you. When did you think you started making that connection between music and your life and the impact it could have on your spiritual connection with the Lord? I would say I was probably around the age of 16, 17. I was really starting to look at my life. Um, that's the time what's very impactful for all of us and what direction we're going to start going in our life. I certainly had things pulling at me in different directions, but, you know, I I was starting to really uh, think what I wanted to do in life. And some things happened in my life that I think just grounded me and allowed me to, you know, want to be that spiritual influence. And I remember wanting to learn to play my first musical instrument. I started playing guitar and I remember buying my first guitar and playing it till my my fingers bled, literally. And then having those opportunities to have folks around me that encouraged me to play. And even in church, when it didn't sound so great, you know, but yet they were there to encourage. That really encouraged me. And I felt the effects of not only doing something good, but feeling good in return, because I knew what I was doing was driven by the Spirit of God and by the love of God. And I felt God's love even in what I was singing and impacting others. So that's great. That that takes me to this idea that music can help people connect to God. And in fact, it does help people connect to God. You mentioned feeling the Spirit of God in church and, and music starting to move you spiritually. And we want to get to some of that discussion. But let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about music in general and how it plays such a key role in people's lives. I was a product of the 80s. And when I listened to music, I listened to 80s music. I'm 52 years old, but I always lean towards that music because that's the music I grew up on. It has an impact on me because during one of the most important times of my life, that's what I was listening to. So there's a connection there. 
music allows us and causes us to connect with the moments and the times of our lives. So, you know, what are your general feelings about music? What does music do for you guys in your lives? For me, music is a stimulant of sorts. I use it every single day at various points throughout my day. Um, if you were to ask my wife, she'd tell you we always have music going in our house, whether we're in the car, traveling somewhere, whether we're sitting around hanging out, I'll put music on and play it through the TV and the kids really enjoy it. At various times, it provokes different feelings, different emotions. As you said, it connects you to times in your life. There are times where you're sad and you listen to music and it makes you feel better. There are times when you're happy and it enhances your mood. I can certainly relate to that. I think overall, I use it to set a tone for me throughout my day. Oftentimes, just getting started, I'll listen to music you know, before work starts or throughout the day in the background as I'm working. On Sunday morning, that's a big, big moment of music for us. We love to listen to music while we're getting ready for church. And it gets us ready. It excites us. It brings a stirring feeling to us. It lifts our souls. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think um, music uh, is a ministry in and of itself. And I'm used to saying that, that music is a ministry. And God had a purpose when he created that. And for me, it, it does connect. And I think, Dave, you used that uh, first example that we connect with music in stages of our lives because uh, music has a way of imprinting on us life experiences and where I was when I heard these songs and uh, the people that I was with when I heard this song or I sang it with them. And it allows us to remember those moments, some of those songs, because we connect with the music and what was happening in our life at the time. Um, and I think, you know, what we'll probably be discussing a little bit later in this, even in some of these huge uh, examples of faith and what was going on in their lives and the things that they experienced and, and told those stories through music. It's almost too big of a topic to talk about. And that's why we're narrowing it down to music spiritually, the connection. But Cameron said something that made me think about baseball. And if you know anything about baseball, professional, college, high school, you go to a game while hitters, they're in the on-deck circle. And right when they're about to go up to bat and they start walking to the plate, they play what's called walk-up music. And each player gets to pick the song or a portion of the song that they want played while they go up to that plate. Now, some players will use it to intimidate. Some players will use it to motivate. Some players will use it to have fun. Either way, it's called walk-up music because it's supposed to prepare them for that at bat. Now, I was joking around with you earlier, too, where as ministers, we have a tendency before we speak in a meeting to call a hymn, our favorite song or a song that we think will move people or something that will inspire us. Like we are calling our own walk up music before we even preach a sermon. So you understand in this realm, at least, the impact of music to get you ready. It's such a wide spectrum that music covers and the impact it can have on us. So not only does it connect us back to times that we remember things happening, like you mentioned, or events that took place in our lives or historical events that we're going to talk about, but Cameron said it, it sets a tone for him. It can change our day. And I'm not talking about just Christian music or spiritual music. I'm talking about any music that can motivate you because music is a message. Wouldn't you agree? Isn't someone who's writing a song and composing that music trying to share a message? Absolutely. And not only that, but I think music has a way of 
creating that emotion in us, or it should, uh, that it could change a mood where, you know, for example, you mentioned, you know, going to church and, you know, singing some songs before a message. And a lot of that I feel is like us readying ourselves to be in that spot spiritually that we can hear what the Lord has for us to hear. And sometimes music has that innate ability to get us focused spiritually, that we can slow down the racing thoughts and the distractions that we have in in life. And how many times have we put on the radio or played music so that we could slow down and just find that peace, you know, to kind of right ourselves spiritually? Perfect. That's a perfect segue in what I want to do next. But first, I wanted to ask you if you'd be willing to play one of your songs for us or play a song. I don't know which one you might have prepared, if it's an original or something that you're borrowing, but what, what do you have ready for us right now? When I think of Songs of Hope, I think of this song, and the title of it is called Then Came the Morning. just lost their dearest friend all that he said now he was dead so this was the way it would end the dreams that they dreamed were not what they seemed now that he was dead and gone the garden the jail the nail how could a night be so long then came the morning the night turned into day the stone
has come, death has lost, and life has won, for morning had come. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. What you said prior to singing that song is a perfect segue into the next topic I wanted to bring up, which is how music can impact us in every capacity of our life, physically, mentally, emotionally. And what's interesting about music, I was doing some research and found a lot of interesting things about the impact of music on our psyche and our mind and intellect. I teach high school and you know, lots of times my students will write papers, argumentative essays about topics like music and education. And so it's interesting if you just focus on classical music, it's proven that classical music, if you just listen to it, it can fight depression, it can relieve pain, it can put you to sleep, it can spark creativity, boost memory, it, can, it has all these physical, emotional, and mental fixes for people. And I don't know if you've experienced that yourself. You mentioned earlier that music can provide you with peace and motivate you, but it can go even beyond that and actually heal you in certain ways. Now, you work at a a rec center for the elderly, correct? That's right. Can you speak to some of those things that music does for you and your patients there? Yeah, so as a profession over the years, I've worked in the field of therapeutic recreation. And uh, when I first started out, I worked in a long-term care facility, uh, actually when I was just starting out. And I was a staff member on an activities unit. And in particular, this facility served individuals with Alzheimer's and dementia. And that was the kind of the early stages of where I saw music and being able to use my music to affect people and see what the difference that it made in their lives. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, working with these individuals and many of which, you know, because of the dementia and the onset of, of Alzheimer's couldn't complete a full thought, you know, where they would start to talk and then in mid sentence, they would forget what they were trying to communicate. And I would use music at times, music therapy, although I'm not a music therapist, but would take my guitar in and we'd sing. Sometimes we'd have a little Bible study and I would say a little something and then we'd sing songs the rest of the time. Or, you know, songs like Amazing Grace or, you know, even when we would sing Let Me Call You Sweetheart, for example, songs that they remembered in their their younger years, but never left them. And for me, I remember singing those songs with them many times with tears rolling down my eyes because they were connecting and it was bringing them them back to their younger years and the moments that they shared. And they would sing those songs from start to finish and would not miss a beat, not miss a word. So I think music, again, has such a powerful way of connecting to our soul and our spirit that we don't forget those things. agree 100%. Like I said, the information I run across and the research I do for my students or just out of interest proves those things that you're talking about. I was just reading a study on how music therapy, hope music therapy helped people in this study. And in in a time like 
we're living in today with the coronavirus and difficulties so many people are having with unemployment and getting sick and family members that are passing and the impact that this virus has on every single life in the world. This is a time where hope has to reign supreme. We need something that provides that hope for us. Now, the three of us, we all understand that our hope is in Jesus Christ, and we're going to make that connection with music. But in the study that I was reading, it was about providing hope-based therapy for people that are having bone marrow transplants. And they were trying to determine if they provided hope-based music therapy, if it would help these patients. And it did. They had quantitative and qualitative data that showed that this therapy elicited positive experiences. It provided comfort. It provided an interpersonal connection. And it acted uh, as a platform to actually talk about hope and support self-awareness and self-identity and help with all of these different aspects that people need help with when they're going through traumatic events. And so, like I said, at a time that we're living in now, where hope maybe seems so far away for people to grasp because their own personal lives are in such turmoil, we have great examples of time where people in these types of situations grasp on to hope. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some of those. Cameron was going to discuss a favorite song of his, It Is Well With My Soul, and the whole dynamic behind where that song came from and how it came about. So I'm going to just turn it over to you. It Is Well With My Soul has long been probably my very favorite hymn. I love the music. I love the way I feel when I hear it. I love the way it sounds and it makes me feel when we sing it as part of a congregation in church. It's anthemic. It seems to lift everybody as we sing it. It's just one of those songs that makes it so easy to connect with the Lord for me. It always has, and I, I hope and pray that it always will. And I think a big part of the reason why I feel that way is I've always appreciated learning the backstories to songs and what inspired people to write them. And in the case of this hymn, the gentleman that wrote the lyrics unfortunately experienced a tremendous amount of tragedy in his life. He first lost his son and his business, and in a separate tragedy, lost all four of his daughters. And to think and just focus on the lyrics to that song when we sing them, I imagine how he must have felt and how the Lord inspired him to write those words. Um, You could go through all four verses, and it's just amazing to think that in the midst of a tragedy, many, multiple tragedies, that he went through, uh, the Lord touched him in a way where he was able to see through that tragedy and felt the Lord's presence and was inspired to write these incredible words. The beauty is that we sing these songs a couple hundred years later, and we feel blessed by it because we can relate to our own lives. We draw connection and we draw inspiration and encouragement in our own lives from a song that was written during somebody else's personal tragedy but in a very uplifting way, carried a message of hope, of an attitude of perseverance. And I just always found it amazing. I think you said it when you mentioned the background, because when you sing the song and you know the background, it takes on that much more significance. If a guy going through that can put everything in the Lord's hands, so can we. And when we're belting it out, we're understanding what the Lord can do for us in the most tragic of moments. Why don't we play a little bit of that song for everyone, Cameron. 
I've always loved about that song is the complete surrender that I feel if you truly sing that song with understanding can only come when someone through faith um, can get to that point. But yet to share that musically today has been such a blessing to millions of people. Patrick, can you think of a time off the cuff here when you understood that very thing it was well with your soul and your life and share that with us. I remember the exact moment when you asked that question. And the honest answer is the moment that I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember the moment that I surrendered. I remember the moment when I said those words, I, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to be baptized and what it felt like to surrender. There was never a greater day than when I stood at the, the waters of baptism on the Ohio River, and I could hear the saints of God singing behind me as I, I stared out at the, at the river, waiting to be taken in to be baptized, where my life was completely changed. And, the, and it was a day that I'll never regret, but I remember them singing, and it just felt like the angels of God were just singing along. It was one of those days that, you know, it's hard to explain unless you experience it, and what a joy it was. And hope is what we're talking about right now. And on that day, you put all of your hope in Jesus Christ, all of it. Continuing down this pathway in terms of music provides hope. We were talking a little bit about the time periods in our world history or our country's history. And one of the time periods that's always moved me was the civil rights movement during that time period. I was just a kid at the time, um, would never know what was happening. But as an educator, we're always teaching this stuff. We're always educating kids about these time periods and what went on during them. And what was very important during that time period was how music provided hope for people. Music, singing played a crucial role in the inspiring of the civil rights movement. They had something called freedom songs that provided 
courage. It, it, it brought people together. And I know you feel the same way about how music brings people together. But during that time, the unofficial anthem of the movement was a song called We Shall Overcome. And I remember being at um, a church service one time and this song breaking out in church. And it wasn't something that as a congregation or as a group, we would normally sing, but we did. And it took me by surprise. And I actually thought to myself, wow, that was a really unique situation because the people that were singing it had made a connection to what was going on to that time. And it was appropriate. I wanted to, for Cameron to play a little bit of that too. And then I wanted you both to comment on the strength and the courage and the unity of the people back then and how music played a role in that. We shall became an anthem for their movement, which brought them together and gave them the strength and courage to keep moving. And it, it is, to me, moving. It stirs me up inside, even though I had nothing to do with it. That song motivates me listening to it. Why? I think there's something to be said about singing words that you believe. And when you listen to them sing, I got chills just listening to that just while we're sitting here. I mean, you put yourself in the situation, you're trying to imagine and envision what they were going through at that time. And for them to be able to sing those words with such conviction and such strength and so much belief, you can hear the belief as they sing. And it gives you an appreciation for what music can do because we know they went through a very, an unbelievably trying time where I'm sure many times they must have felt like giving up, like there was no hope, like their cause was in vain or not worth fighting for. And they stuck with it anyways, and ultimately won rights. And I think that's just so applicable to our own lives today in the music that we listen to and how music can shape our lives and inspire us to keep going and lift us out of a difficult time or cheer us up or make us appreciate the hope that's available through the medium of music. I was thinking the same thing, Cameron, in that, you know, they were singing, we shall overcome. And I love that word shall, because that is telling me that they believed, like you were saying, they believed that there was going to come a day where they were going to overcome and they would be free. And that's the hope that they had as a group of individuals, that's what united them. 
and strengthen them. And actually, I'm thinking of another example, you know, using music to bring hope in a very desperate or dire situation. I was thinking of, you know, just a terrible time in the world's history when we think of the, the Jewish Holocaust and what took place in the concentration camps when many were being led to gas chambers. And there's many accounts where, you know, survivors have witnessed that there were those who were being taken to their deaths in the gas chambers, and they were heard to be singing Israel's national anthem, which is called Hatikva, the hope. And the words in this song, they're, they're very short, but I want to read them, talking about hope. And the lyrics say, as long as deep in the heart, the soul of a Jew yearns, and forward to the east to Zion, and I looks, our hope will not be lost, the hope of 2,000 years to be a free nation in our land, the land of Zion and Jerusalem. And they sung that. And that's all they had was that hope. You know, they had a hope in, in the God that they believe, you know, that would deliver them. And um, sometimes that's all you have is hope. Let's talk a little bit about deliverance and how music can help to deliver people. And we're going to throw some scripture out here and discuss a little bit about some incidences in the Bible where music played a key role in God delivering them. And one of the examples I have is in 1 Samuel, and it's verse 21 to 23. And I'm going to read those to you. And Patrick, if you don't mind, maybe comment on what you see here, what you hear here. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. And this is the part that I want to focus on. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Such a beautiful uh, scripture. And um, I think that Obviously, Saul was struggling, and you know that evil spirit. I think was you know it was a distressed mind that he had in you know his disobedience um, and his failures as king, and I think that plagued him many times. And so when he would get to that point of that mental state, you know that's when he inquired. He said, "Send me someone skilled in, in playing," and that's how David came on the scene because he was known to be skilled in playing, but. You know, I think what's beautiful in this particular example is not only was David skilled or talented to play a musical instrument, but I feel personally the difference was not only David could play, but David carried the Spirit of God. And when he played, he played with the Spirit of God. And I believe that others felt that. No doubt Saul was pleased. And, and even so, that it, it, it calmed his spirit and, and refreshed him. Like you said, that music therapy that we were talking about earlier, you know, truly this is a perfect example in the Old Testament times of music being therapeutic in the life of Saul. And it even says that that evil spirit or that distressed mind that Saul had, it departed from him for a season. And then David would come and play again. Another great example of the power of singing and music, I'll combine the two, and God delivering, and we all know, everyone knows this, is the example of Paul and Silas singing in prison. Acts 16, 
verses 25 through 34. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were broken or loosed, it says. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour at night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. What an amazing story. So what does God do? But you go all the way back to that first verse that says, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And boom, everything happens. They're freed from prison a man and his entire household are saved and all praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Well, I think the important part too is, you know, some of the key key verses lead up to verse 25 in that what took place upon Paul and Silas uh, doing no wrong, but, you know, stripes upon them, cast into the prison, um, and thrust into the inner prison and made their, their feet fast and stocked. So, I mean, this is a situation that by any human imagination, there's no deliverance there. And that's where as followers of Christ and our belief has to be that our God is bigger than any problem that we're in. And, and I believe Paul and Silas are the perfect example of truly believing what they were preaching earlier in that chapter. And so much so that God honors them, sends this earthquake, shakes the prison, the doors all open. And I love what it says immediately, not just some of the doors, because there was other prisoners in there. All the prisoners heard them. And it says all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And so when we praise the Lord, a lot of times that's such a intrinsic benefit that we receive, but others receive that same blessing. I'm going to hook into the word sang because we're talking about singing and music and how it was a pathway to their freedom. Like you said, any normal human being wouldn't find reason to be praising anything, but in their case, they understood the power of the Lord. And through that spirit through that power through that hope and faith in christ they were able to sing praises that shook that place and freed them something that jumped out as you read that was the idea that even in the midst of our struggle we have an opportunity to not just praise the lord but impact other people the choice paul and silas made was despite all those things that patrick mentioned uh jailed unjustly through no wrong, they're thrown in jail, put in this terrible situation. They made a choice. We're just going to sing and we're going to praise the Lord, which not only loosed their bands, it led to a man and his family being converted. So I think it's really important to remember the impact that our attitude, 
our decision to praise the Lord, to exhibit hope through difficult times in song, specifically in song through music, can not only bring us hope, but it rubs off. It has an impact on other people, which I just think is amazing. And I do believe that this is, I mean, the words say that when they sang and they prayed that, that all the doors were open. I mean, that's literally, but I do believe figuratively in our lives today that doors open for us when we get to that point that we can look beyond our circumstance and still have a song of praise in our heart because of the hope and the faith to be able to look beyond, you know, this veil that we have. Um, and, and that's when the reward comes after the trial of our faith and those doors open, not just for our lives many times, but for the, for others that are around. One other scripture I want to talk about is more of a unique situation where singing played a role. And I know this hits you hard, Patrick, because I understand and I know you well enough. We've talked about these things enough to know how music brings people together and that feeling of unity that you get through singing and music. And the one I want to discuss briefly and then get your thoughts on is Matthew 26, 30, where Christ is with his disciples and it comes right after the Lord's Supper. It says that, and when they had sung and hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And like I said, this was just after the um, Lord's Supper. And he had been explaining to the disciples that they were all going to be offended by him that night. You know, right after this, Peter says, I will never be offended by you in so many words. But what did they do as a group? They sung a hymn together. Why do you think they did that? Yeah, I've always wondered what hymn they sang. And I've always loved that that was in there. And I think we got to look at what the Lord had just demonstrated to them, even in washing their feet and then breaking bread uh, in remembrance of his body and then giving the wine in remembrance of his blood that would be spilt, which would unify them, not only with one another, but with him and the Father, ultimately. And when I think of singing and that last hymn that they may have sung before they went to the Mount of Olives, I see that song as something that united them before they got up and they, they marched their way up to the, the Mount of Olives to the garden. So that's my first thought is, you know, it was a spirit of unity that they felt there in that room. Unity is important in serving God, especially in a group like our church or any religious group. Unity means everything. And when everybody is on the same page and focused on the same thing, everyone is like-minded and everyone's thoughts are focused on Jesus Christ, it makes all the difference. And I think you're right. I think it was a unifying moment for them. And much like we do in our congregations and with each other, singing together brings about this, this unifying feeling. Even when, Patrick, you are singing and we're all listening, the Spirit of God brings us all together in a unifying fashion. So I agree with you. I think that makes a huge impact. Why don't you um, sing another song for us? Yeah, I have a song. It's it's titled "Give Me Jesus," and this song is um, special to me in that, you know, thinking of those moments where music um, 
takes us back to a point in time. And it was actually a, a difficult time in my life when I, I lost my, um, my last surviving grandparent, my grandmother, who I loved uh, with all my heart. And um, I was asked to sing a song uh, for her funeral. And I really pondered what song I would sing in honor of her. And it's basically, it goes like this. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And the chorus goes, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have all this world, just give me Jesus. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Just give me Jesus. When I am alone, when I am alone, oh, when I am alone, give me Jesus. Give me beautiful patrick and before we close this podcast which has been an amazing time a little bit of a walk down memory lane with you uh, knowing you as a kid and then understanding your connection with the lord through music as a young adult and then even sharing some of the the strength that you've been given through music and jesus christ throughout your life it's been awesome um, being a part of this with you so I want to thank you for sharing in this with us. I think that anyone who's listening understands a little bit more how powerful music is and can be. And then especially when you connect it with Jesus Christ and the hope um, of salvation and the hope that Christ provides, then I think that um, it can make that much more of an impact on people. So thank you for coming on. I don't know if you have any 
uh, parting words for the listeners before we let you go? Well, thank you for having me on the podcast today. It was a joy and an honor. And, you know, the last words I think of are the words of Alma. When uh, in the fifth chapter of Alma, he, he says these words in the words in, in the land of Zarahemla to the people. And he said, if you have experienced a change of heart, and if you have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can you feel so now? The message would be, you know, to anyone who hasn't felt that song of redeeming love, our desires that you might feel this joy that we've received in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those of us that have received that song of redeeming love, may you feel that again today. And, and may the Lord bless you is my prayer. And I want to thank you again, Patrick. You're an amazing person, someone that I know I look up to, and I'm sure Cameron feels the same way. And uh, we hope that life brings you everything that you could hope for and that the Lord blesses your life and your family. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the One Eye Podcast. We'll see you again next week.